Hello, everyone. Welcome to episode 75 of Jen and Millie. I haven't said this in so long. It feels really strange to say. <laughs> We're a Gen Xer and a millennial share the strength-based perspective through which they view the world. We are your hosts, Allison and Tess. Oh, my gosh. It's oh, good it to be back. Oh, it good to say that intro so, again. so good to be back. Oh, my gosh. So it's been a while. So knowing that we finally had the space and the time uh, to record, I actually went back to our last episode, Strength Spot Me There, and was like, when was it? What did we talk about? Because usually you and I are are so in sync that we just seem to have similar and ever-evolving conversations from episode to episode. And so I didn't want there to be this discontinuity when we just start up again after having a little bit of a hiatus. Um, So I went back to week 74, which was posted on August 4th. So it's been like way too long. Today is October 26th. And so we'll fill you in a little bit in the gaps and what's been happening in our lives lately since we recorded our last episode. But first, I just want to apologize. Um, There's just been so much going on that I feel like this has been something that unfortunately we didn't consciously but ended up Um, unconsciously having to put this on the back burner. So we thank everyone for their grace in waiting with us in the middle of this uh, crazy season. And I'm excited to dig into it a little bit more. Um, But kind of just before we we joined each other, I personally went back and said, gosh, what did we even talk about Um, during the last... um, during the last episode. Well, first it was a short debrief of conference, which can you believe that? (laughs) That's the first line is we had to shortly debrief the uh, virtual teammates annual conference, which is crazy because that seems like a lifetime ago now. Um, Then we really talked about the word serendipity because all of these things kept coming up, these reoccurring messages. We revisited our words of the year and then we talked about what does really good life look like, right? I think it was a little bit of an echo of our prior conversation of life-limiting paradigms and the things we say, once I get to this point or once I have this settled in my life, then I will be able to live out what I believe is a really good life. And so, of course, that was a serendipitous question that we answered last time because I'm so excited that, Allie, you are starting and you've taken major steps to living a really good life what you would define and what you would operationalize as such. And so I just wanted to kind of cue that up through a context perspective of kind of the work that that I did a little bit before our recording now to say, what are we going to talk about? Well, I want you to really detail the brave, courageous, authentic steps that you've taken recently to live your really good life. Because we tend to, in, you know, Dak Shepard's um, perspective, be armchair experts sometimes of like, we like to talk about <laughs> these things, but the practical application of it, we're preaching to ourselves, you know, preaching to the choir here um, in terms of we need to learn these lessons as much um, as we share about them. And I feel like you have um, led the way and really been a mentor in the sense of I'm going to actually take the step to do what I've said I'm going to do or what I said we all should do as human beings. Um, and so I'm excited for you to talk a little bit about that process for you over the last few months. Well, I think it's ironic that our word was serendipity because um, I think I'll start to share a little bit about how this came to be by starting with a quote from Emerson. Once you make a decision, the universe conspires to make it happen. Hmm. And <laughs> it's, it's a really, it's, I've, I've had it in front of me a lot um, through this process. So way back, giving you some context tests, which I think you already know, but giving the listeners some context. Um, 
I've kind of always had a very strong pull to Colorado. There's a picture of eight-year-old me that is in absolute joy. And when I do um, a lot of training around the concept of purpose, when I, when I do a lot of coaching, I talk to people about, you know, your younger self knows you. Mm-hmm. Uh, my strengths yeah. were so apparent in younger me. My authenticity was so apparent in younger me. So there's this picture of eight-year-old me, and I, I had to really dig to find it. And I'll send it to you, Tess. I am in a stream in Colorado with my long, lanky arms and long, lanky legs in absolute joy. And there's always been that pull for me here um, to to love nature, to love everything about Colorado. And so kind of fast forward, um, of course, most of our listeners know it had been a really um, difficult year for me and a big year of transition for me. And then in January, the kids and I took a trip out here. We did a little bit of skiing and um, snowboarding. And when I say we, that means Sean did and Lauren and I watched. Sean and Shannon did, Lauren and I watched. Um, But we spent some time here with friends. And one of the things that both kids noted is that they had not seen this side of me. Hmm. And they kind of sat me down and said, Mom, like, if not now, when? And this this is so you. And, you know, why? why wouldn't you? Um, move here? Why wouldn't you live here in Colorado? And I just kept going back to that question over and over. Um, you know, why not? And I, we've talked about this a lot. Yeah. Why not? Mm-hmm. Why not be brave? Why not try something new? Why not? What is holding me back? And what I realized, Tess, is that the hurdles that I saw in front of me were more of a narrative in my mm-hmm. brain and in my story and yes. my soul and my heart <laughs> yeah, than yeah. actual hurdles. <laughs> and so back to the Emerson quote, Um, Back in January, I just kind of said, you know what, universe, you tell me if this is something that should open up for me, it's going to open up for me. And it opened up and opened up and opened up. And one of the things that really stands out to me is what happens when you ask for what you want, Hmm. when you really dig deep and first of all, figure out what you want, because that's a really, that's a, such a giant question. You know, what do you want? It's the antecedent to the actual question of asking for what you want. (laughs) Right. But also, you know, thinking about what do you need and what do you want? And I really asked myself that question, what do you want? And then I just opened up and manifested around that to be a possibility. Mm-hmm. And <clears throat> things just came to be in, in serendipitous ways, in magical ways, in ways that I cannot even make up. Mm-hmm. Um, the way that, I, that this happened is a possibility for me to stay with teammates mm-hmm. and to continue with my same job. And to be able to be here and, and work remotely and be an example of a remote worker, um, that was something that I didn't even think of as a possibility. Um, the pathway to finding new home for me has been incredible. I've absolutely loved every step of the process and then some magical things have happened. Um, but I look back to um, back in July, I climbed that mountain yep. and I knew, I knew that I could do really hard things, I could do brave things, I could do courageous things, but I think the hardest and the bravest were it within. They were asking myself, what do you want and why are you holding back and what is stopping you from going after it? So then I just started going after it. And as soon as I made that decision, things just like started falling into place Mm -hmm. and it happened very quickly. I will say it has not been without struggle. Because the lessons that I have learned, although this has been almost eerily easy, the lessons that I've learned is that it hasn't been easy for everybody else in my life. Yeah, And 
I recognize that everyone who has supported me to get here, and I, I couldn't even begin to thank everybody. Tess, it has been incredible, the encouragement, the support, the well wishes, but also the genuine happiness for me to to be um, in this new space, this new container, but in a place where my heart really feels home. The encouragement for that has been incredible, but also those who are my strongest encouragers, it has hurt too. It has been hard for them to watch me leave. Um, I've never been more than a, a little over an hour from my siblings. I've never been more than two, three hours from home, Exeter home. I've never been more than 20 minutes from the kids. Um, so this has been a real learning lesson for me about even though we're all in joy around this decision, there is still some hard healing work to do about letting go and releasing. And I think that we probably don't give ourselves enough time or enough. I don't think we give enough credit to what transition looks like and what, um, even if it's a place of a good transition. Right. And I, gosh, I think we've talked about it here before in the past that with change comes grief, right? With change comes loss, right? Even if it's a really good change, something very positive, any sort of change requires a choice towards one thing and a choice then consequently away from something else, right? So a choice to to move towards Colorado and away from home, what you have historically considered home. Um, and with all sorts of change, any change, good or bad, right, comes the need to grieve because you are losing something, right? You are moving away from something in the midst of that process. So I think that's good to note, even if it's, yes, the best possible reality, right? That concept that we talked about back in August on our last episode, a really good life. A really good life requires choices from what maybe has been a mediocre life or a not so great life, right? And and people in our lives especially have come to know us through the lens of that former life, right? Like not that we're transitioning to a brand new life, right? But but we're transitioning to a better life for ourselves, which does require sacrifice, does require change. And consequently, we need to acknowledge the grieving that has to happen or the grieving that should happen, right? And I don't think, especially with good change, that we acknowledge that grieving needs to happen, right? We just, we lose something, right? And with loss comes the need for grief. Um, and so, yeah, knowing that, you know, and then how can you as you're stepping into this best possible life, help the people in your life go through the grieving process because you also want to be in the celebratory process, in the excitement, in the exploration process of your life. But knowing that for your kids, for your family, for your people, um, it does require steps for grieving. So, you know, part of it is I love that you're acknowledging that for the people in your life, but also how can you help be a conduit for allowing that grieving to happen, right? And not taking it personally because it isn't, right? These people in your life, like I'm sad you're not here, right? Like even though we have been doing this virtually for a long time, but it does not diminish my joy and my happiness and my pure unadulterated excitement at the fact that you have made this step in your life, Allie. But it still means that I need to acknowledge the grief of not being able to grab wine with you as frequently or not that we did all the time in the midst of a pandemic, but the, the real or the possibility of that because of your proximity was always there. And now that has been removed. Right. So. And I think that um, when we go back to my word of the year choice, this was not a, this was a well thought decision. This was a decision that was probably in my soul since I was 18. Um, many know that my destiny was supposed to be Colorado State. 
I changed things, changed my plans, and life presented itself in such a meaningful, wonderful way. But I now realize that I had an opportunity to make a choice for me. Mm-hmm. And I don't know that I've done that well over the years. I tend to be um, a caretaker. I tend to mm-hmm. think about, you know, I, fir- I first need to be these 500 other roles before I'm actually in authentic me role. And that's not what I teach. And that's not what I preach. And that's not what I tell people to practice. I realized um, back in, in April of 2019 that I had some hard work to do on owning truth yeah. and on recognizing, you know, what was I projecting as far as a facade or a mirage or a, this isn't my authentic life. Mm-hmm. And I caught myself a couple times, Tess, when I was doing the preaching or teaching. And one moment in particular, if you look back at the Facebook Live that I did, when we went to virtual in March, I dug my heels in and resisted hardcore. Mm-hmm. I was pissed. I didn't want to be in it. I was saying all kinds of things like, this isn't who I am. This isn't who we are, um, which is how I felt. And I think one of the things that I recognized is I felt that way because I was angry. And part of it is because I was feeling like I was losing me. So Mm -hmm. I felt like my career's over. If I can't be in front of people and sensing the energy and working the energy of a room and a training or a teaching, I'm done. I'm ruined. Like, Mm -hmm. what am I going to do now? I'm terrible technology. I can't possibly do engagement in virtual space. Mm. And then I was doing Facebook Live, which is, I mean, you want to talk about hilarious things that Allison never thought she would say in the year 2020. That's at the top of it. I was doing a Facebook Live. So I'm doing a Facebook Live for teammates on growth mindset. And I had on my dry erase board, if you go back and look at the video, you can see this moment in me. But the dry erase board, I had it messed Mm. up. So I had fixed on the right-hand side and growth on the left-hand side. And typically I have fixed on the left-hand and growth on the mindset. So I was already kind of messed up anyway. And plus I was doing live technology. But I was reading about fixed mindset. And I had this like, mo- this epiphany of I am stuck. Yeah. Wow, I, this, I, am, I am in fixed. Yeah. And I, I, I can see it in the video. I just I have this moment of like emotion. And I got off of that um, Facebook Live And I sat down and I wrote and I wrote and I wrote and I wrote. And I was like, Mm -hmm. you have to decide. You have to make a choice that you're either going to move forward or you're going to stay stuck. And you're not serving anybody in your life if you stay stuck. You're not Mm -hmm. stuck. You're not serving teammates. You're not serving your kids. You're not Mm -hmm. serving your friends and family. And you are certainly not honoring what you preach to everybody. So then I just started to do hard things, Mm -hmm. hard, hard things. Um, from climbing a mountain to making a decision to move away from everybody and, and start a new, it's not a new, new life, but it is a new yeah. life. It is. And it is. oh my gosh, I can't even. So today I'm looking out on, I have a tree that's in front of me that, you know, is holding lots of snow. I have a lake that's in front of me that has a beautiful snow cast view. I see the mountains every day. I feel very much at home. I have this, when you're coming in off of, um, kind of coming in um, into this area, into Englewood, into the Lone Tree kind of area, off of um, the freeway, I'll call it that, you have this curve where the mountains kind of just all of a sudden reveal themselves. It's not far from the airport as you kind of come around. 
And yes, every time I've ever driven that, because my friends live in Castle Rock and I've driven it multiple times, but every time I've ever driven that, I'm like, oh, just felt peace here. And when I came in with the 15-foot U-Haul driving myself, I felt at peace. But yesterday when I came in, it's snowy and it's kind of crappy outside, I just knew. Like, I'm just like, I, this is where I should be. So I'm excited. I think there's been lots of confusion. Like, oh, my gosh, how is she still going to be with teammates and work in Colorado? Well, we have the, we have now a pathway for virtual learning mm-hmm. that because I chose growth mindset, I stepped into and I've actually become a pretty okay trainer mm-hmm. in, um, in virtual space. Yeah, I've been able yeah. to create some engagement in virtual space that I never mm-hmm. thought I would do. And now it's kind of become my gig so much that I don't even know what it would be like um, to be back in person. Wouldn't that be yeah. bizarre to teach in person? But I've had to learn like how to do things differently. So instead of, you know, turn to your elbow partner, it's I'm going to put you in a breakout room. Yeah. Um, instead of, um, you know, create the face-to-face opportunity, it's just create connection. Mm-hmm. We've got to do hard things right now to create connection. Okay. I told you in our green room earlier, I listened to um, Brene Brown, um, her podcast interview with Joe Biden. Mm-hmm. And there was so much about it that was about kindness. Mm-hmm. And then I l- watched a um, Netflix documentary about our, um, our upcoming gala guest, Bill Murray. And how he just shows up. It's so much about being present, but it's so much about kindness. And I think um, we all could use a few more lessons in that, but also being kind and gentle with ourselves. And so this process to get here has been um, a lot of choice, a lot of hard decisions, a lot of knowing with a capital K, Mm -hmm. but also a lot of self-awareness work. And that's never going to stop. No. So I'm still today just as much on the struggle bus as I was when I, you know, made a hard decision, um, back in January, but we have to continue to grow and we have to continue to do the hard work of authenticity, do the hard work of showing up, do the hard work of, um, really self-awareness. Yeah. So I love all of that reflection and I think it's such a beautiful illustration of, what we talked about a few months ago on the last episode. I just still am in awe about how serendipitous this conversation is to be super corny. Um, But I wanted to ask because, you know, part of our discussions on this podcast are always strength spotting. So you've talked a lot about, I think, um, purpose, a lot about um, what's been in you for a really long time. I want to hear about the practical manifestation of your strengths in this moment. So which of your talent themes like have really gotten in the way or really been like pushing up against this process, which have really aided you in allowing you to take this courageous step, which have been the ones that have really propelled you to do this? I was taking notes of all the questions. Sorry. Um, (laughs) The pushing against, I would say for sure I can recognize my number one of input because I have never made a decision without asking someone to help me with it. Actually, I've never really made a decision on my own until now. It was funny that Lauren, one of the things she said to me was, gosh, we've been wanting you to make decisions for yourself for a long time, and then you just went and did it. (laughs) You didn't ask us about the apartment you didn't ask us about where you were going to live you didn't ask us about this or this and I said yeah I kind of don't have to but the interesting thing is my input has really struggled with not having someone saying this is the right thing to do Mm -hmm. someone saying um yep I approve 
I didn't have anyone to answer my questions. I, yeah. My questions just had to be put out there and left unanswered. So it really bumped up against my, my input, which is my number one. Yeah. I think my communication has shined because I've been able to write a lot and also be able to share the story. So when I can craft something, a decision into a story, that really honors my communication. And then I have talked about this quite a bit to those that are, are close to me. It has gone against my woo because there are a lot of people who have not um, maybe approved of the decision or the timing of the decision. And one of the things that um, Sean is so good at, he's a very gifted coach. He said to me, when you make this decision, when this is final and you start to tell people, People are going to judge you. People are going to say things behind your back. They're going to say things to your face. Mm -hmm. And he goes, I want you to get out of that. You know yeah. for yourself this is right. Oh, Don't worry about this what anybody so else sure thinks. I'm sure it's coming out, man. <laughs> he, he's such a gifted strengths coach. Yeah, so good. it pushed against Wu. Um, definitely, I got to use my strategic for sure. That's probably one of the themes I don't talk about as much, but I got to use it in the timing. And then also, I, you know, I don't have high adaptability, but I feel like I kind of harnessed a little bit more of my achiever with my strategic to say, this doesn't have to look linear and exact. You can do it in a roundabout way. That's if something good. opens up for you, Allison, you better take it. That's really and good. I, and I did. And that, that really honored my strategic. It's been hard on my empathy. I also feel like I have had to shut my empathy off to some degree mm -hmm. because I get in the space of I can't, I'm almost paralyzed by the emotions of others and the energy of others. It, it can keep me stuck. I think I shared about the hike and how I had to let go of, of Joyce hiking mm -hmm. so that I could be able to have that accomplishment. Um, that's my empathy. Sometimes I have to be better about my boundaries and in this time in particular, it, this went again, this was hard to like, just really kind of square off it. This is me. This is a decision for me. And then for sure test the, the strength that was honored the most was connectedness. Of course. Oh, I'm so glad you started I, it. <laughs> I, I, there is so much serendipity and so much magic in the way all of this has come to be. Yeah the people who have shown up for me, the people that I knew would show up for me, but also the people that I had no idea would show up for me, mm. the people that are new in my life, the people who have been in my life since I was four or five years old that have shown up in, in incredible magical ways. Mm. Um, I think also one of the things I learned about, I don't know where Relator is for me, but it's, it's lower. I started really dialing in on who I trusted who I trusted to tell this about, who I trusted to um, share about this journey with, who I trusted in general. And as we've talked about previously, trust is a really big, big deal to me now more than ever. Um, but I kind of held back, I think, a little bit in announcing. And then it got really interesting when some people started to find out and other people didn't. And so I think it bumped my woo communication, worrying that you know, I just wanted to celebrate yeah. But I knew that it had to be thoughtful. So I got to, again, use that, that strategic. That is such a great question, Tess, about, yeah. you know, it's a positive decision. It was a big positive choice. But what strengths did it push against? And then honestly, yeah. it pushed the most against my number one. Yeah, your input. I was just looking up Relator's number 20 for you. So um, it's, um, yeah, not super high, but also not super low. But I think because 
relator and woo function very differently in terms of connections, right? They're least likely person on opposite. We know people who have both in their top five, right? But um, they they push up against each other a little bit. And so I, but I think a, not to equate mature woo with relator, but mature, more mature woo looks like I want to win people over, but I know whose opinions really then reflect back on me and whose opinions I want to win over but don't necessarily have an influence then on how I feel about myself right Um, because there is such beauty and power in caring what others think and that's where you know woo comes from but then there's that negative aspect of it of caring what others think can mean you're a little bit wishy-washy and you're very much dependent on what other people think rather than independent but caring about the input and the influence and the opinions of other people and I think that this whole process right I think the whole process of what you've walked through the past like year and a half two years Allie has been about the proper discernment of where do I funnel my woo um, and how do I then take the opinions from other people and self-reflect right on what that means for me right what that means for you and I think that that's been a beautiful thing to witness this whole process that's been awesome to witness I'm like gosh I remember like that wasn't me crying sorry it's just wiping my eye just in have why um, <laughs> um but I um but like gosh I mean I remember like preaching to myself at on one of these episodes several years ago about life limiting paradigms and how I think and I think it was like when I booked my trip to London or something I can't remember it was not something as life altering as like moving to a different state but it was like but it was like something like gosh I've always wanted to go there I've always it's always been a place in my heart like and I so I just found a cheap ticket and I booked it right because like we live in a world and a culture where we are subject to our limiting paradigms and it frustrates the heck out of me it's like people that say and a lot of people in my generation I think any generation right but like my generation it's like once I'm married once I'm settled down like once I'm in the career I want to get to then I'll be able to do these things and I'm like that's a load of bs right like you live your life right now life is happening right now whether or not you acknowledge it so right our gift is to be able to say what do I really want out of it right discerning what do I want and then taking the brave step to make it happen and gosh I just love the fact that you you did it and you're there and you're living there and it just like makes me tear up because gosh at the beginning of this you didn't even acknowledge your connectedness <laughs> like remember at the beginning of all the generally episodes like you barely acknowledged the fact that you had connectedness and now you're living in Colorado so I will stop <laughs> I think Tess, let me be a living, walking lesson example to you mm-hmm. that you shouldn't wait. No. You shouldn't get stuck in the narratives and the stories that keep you from living yeah. the the life that is possible for you. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm 45. I should not be just figuring this out. And I, I look back and I think of all the moments, and this can go back to 18-year-old me too, in the decision-making that I made and the choices that I made. I wouldn't change them for anything. They have led me to today, but I wasted so much time and so many years talking myself out of living authentically, being in, um, being in who I am. I talked myself out of it because I was in that paradigm. I was in that limiting, um, I don't deserve this or, something's going to happen. The shoe's going to drop. I can't possibly do this because some, there's going to be a disaster ahead. I don't want to live that way anymore. 
I don't want to be afraid anymore. Yes. I don't want to sit around and wait for something to happen to me when I can make some choices and decisions that will empower me to live my best life every day. And every single person should be able to do that to some degree. There's got to be some deep work that you can do, a deep question that you can ask yourself, what would happen if you really asked for what you wanted? Mm -hmm. And I finally did that. And here I am. I mean, I just can't even, it's, I've been trying to write a blog about it. I can't get my words out. I've been trying to explain it to people and I can't always get my words out. So thank you always, Tess, for this space Mm -hmm. that, you know, I mean, it's a podcast that people are going to listen to. That makes me like want to be sick to myself. (laughs) It's so raw and so vulnerable, but at the same time, I am so grateful for this space because you help me get my words out. Mm -hmm. You help me feel seen and heard. You help me acknowledge that it has been a long path to get here. Um, But it's one that I have taken, but also have had tremendous encouragement and support around. Um, Mm -hmm. Everybody deserves that. Oh, I love that so much. Uh, I just, I think that's such a great way to even like, this is, I bet, a bit of a shorter episode, maybe get people back into the Jen and Millie spirit. But I just, I don't know that there's anything a lot more to dig into that. I would just, I think, reiterate for our listeners, um, you know, several of the things that we talked about. First, I just love to hear from listeners, like just a check-in from our people. I feel like I haven't had the opportunity. We haven't had the opportunity because we haven't put an episode out to hear from our people that listen and that respond regularly. So I'd love to hear like a life check-in from people that listen. Where are you at? We always love to hear what's going on in your lives. And then, oh, gosh, I love, I want to reiterate first the question before, what does a really good life life look like for you, right? We asked that on the last episode and I want people to reflect on that again. Um, And then what are, you know, some steps that you can take to make that really good life happen right now? And then secondly, or thirdly, I suppose that would be a third prompt. Um, Sorry, I'm a little bit out of the (laughs) mode of trying to reflect in real time and make action items for people, but I'm getting there. So it would be point number three would be the question that you just asked. You know, what would be, how, how did you phrase it? It was something like, what would be the result if you asked, if you courageously asked for what you actually wanted? Because there is a difference, right, between discerning, reflecting, and coming to the truth of what you want in life, what you want your life to look like, what you conceptually see as a really good life, right? We can ideate about that until we turn blue. But actually taking steps to make it happen requires asking the people around us that have influence, that have authority, that have leadership within our life to say, this is what I really want. And this is what I believe is going to make me happy. This is where I'm sitting in my truth. And so being able to take the courageous step to actually ask that, right? Um, To ask that of the people that have decision-making power within our life that are on our board of directors, that are in our circle, um, actually asking that is a whole nother step. So what would it look like if you actually asked for what you wanted, not just dreamed about what you wanted? So I love those questions. You did a much better job articulating what I said. Oh gosh, I don't know. <laughs> you, you do. You have this gift of being able to. It's kind of like when we talk about how we're complementary partners. For every data point that you have, I have a story, and for every story, you have a data point. You have a way of hearing and kind of summarizing what I say with less words. But I was writing all that, and I'm like, yeah, I should do that. And I'm like, oh wait, she was just. <laughs> It's what you just did. I'm summarizing what you just did. 
Oh my gosh. Okay. Well, thank you. You're also complimentary. But whenever I need a pick me up, I'll just come to our conversations too. <laughs> okay. So I do have a pick me up that I want to read. And I always, I look back at some of our Jen Millies and we do a good job sharing about what we're reading, sharing about what we're learning, mm-hmm. sharing about what we're finding. And I have the Pinterest board. Um, worth com- mentioning. Um, it's called Worth Mentioning. Called? <laughs> worth Mentioning. What's it called again? You created it. it. And anything there. Um, so I mentioned the, the Brene podcast. I'm going to pin that for sure. I mentioned the Bill Murray documentary. I will mm-hmm. definitely share that. But I just started reading. This was a gift from uh, a going away gift. Um, it's a book, um, a journal from Cleo Wade about um, 52 weeks of self-care, self-love, self-discovery. And I waited until this morning to start this mm-hmm. because I wanted to get in my new space. And this is my first Monday morning, really officially being here. And I love that this is what I read and what I turned to. The best thing about your life is that it's constantly in a state of design. This means you have at all times the power to redesign it. Make moves, allow shifts, smile more, do more, do less. Say no, say yes. Just remember when it comes to your life, you're not only the artist, but the masterpiece as well. That's good. That's good. Oh, I love that. Oh, awesome. Okay, such good things to reflect on. You are the designer and the masterpiece, the artist and the masterpiece. So, okay, I am so excited to hear people's reflections, especially given the fact that this really is a continuation um, and like a part two from August 4th. Gosh, it took a lot for us to make it happen, but it is a part two. It is a continuation of the conversation we had there. And gosh, so much has changed in such beautiful ways between now and then. So I just want to thank everybody for tuning in and for waiting patiently for this episode number 75 of Jen and Millie. If you enjoyed today's conversation, consider sharing this episode with a friend. To interact with us and share your responses to the questions that we posed in this episode, um, one of the best ways to do that is to follow us on Instagram at Jen and Millie. That's at G-E-N-N-A-N-D-M-I-L-L-I-E. The views and opinions expressed in this podcast are exclusively that of Allison Horn and Tess Starman and may not reflect the views of Teammates Mentoring Program at large. Thanks so much for tuning in. Until next time.